Oh, hi. Oh, I thought someone was going to start talking. <laughs> Not me. What? Hi, hi, listeners. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to love you. We're going to miss you, even at the very beginning of the episode. That's right. And, and um, so today's episode is going to be about... Um, Ghost Hunter season two, episode five. Yeah, but we're we're not gonna get to that for probably a few minutes, though. So. Yeah, so deal with it. Yeah, we have some some life updates just because we haven't recorded in like over a month. So. True. True. So yeah, we'll probably be doing our intros, uh, kind of just checking, doing our normal check ins, and then also we've got a few personal stories that some mm. some listeners have t- sent in to us listener stories yes <laughs> you know what i was thinking i was thinking we should we should bring back perfect woman alert oh my god from sour grapes you know i i've been thinking recently about making a zine yeah and part of it is because at work i get to staple a lot of papers and um, they're, like, folded in half, and I staple them with the big stapler, and I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm having, like, recovered memories of of making sour grapes in high school, so, yeah. I, I've been, yeah, we should do that. Let's make a zine. We're going to table that and talk about that more later, I think. Oh, also, this is Where's My Flashlight. Oh, yeah. A podcast about things. And uh, I'm Heather. My name is Sophie. That's Sophie. Yeah. And we're we're gonna talk about things. Um, yeah. How are you, Sophie? What's going on with you? Um, I'm pretty good. I uh, am on medical leave, which was kind of a long time coming from work, and uh, my chronic illness had reared its ugly head too many times and then it got to a point where it was like okay it i i'm calling off work so much that it's time to it's it's just not fair really to my clients to my coworkers, my boss anyone you know having to shoulder the weight uh while i'm gone so much from work mm-hmm. and so yeah and i've had a lot of weird side effects from medications and uh, mental health stuff and physical stuff and having to go to the emergency department and the urgent care and getting sick and losing my voice. It's like everything back to back. And I was like, dude, this is like, I just can't, I can't do this. I need to get my health back on track. So, uh, yeah, I, so I'm on short-term disability currently and that's been a kerfuffle just trying to navigate that system and try to get that up and coming arguing with my my employer and stuff and then um gosh what else is going on dating pretty much back to back I uh met some abusive dudes Mm -hmm. um and this last one was a winner (laughs) Uh oh Oh my god he was a winner like oh and I'm I feel so out of the loop. I don't know which one you're talking about. I know. That's because he was, I mean, I talked to him via text and like phone call for like 
a couple of weeks. I barely knew the guy. I never met him in person or anything like that. Oh. We were just kind of like getting to know each other. Right. And, and he's like, and then he said he's on his way to class. And I was like, oh, cool. I love school. What class are you going to? All naive and stupid. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm not a pedophile. And I'm like, what? What? And he's like, yeah, exactly. Your face. <laughs> Your open mouthed slack jawed face like like, oh listeners i wish you could see some of her facial expressions my brain has liquefied just like my kneecap (laughs) yeah yeah what kind of response is that i know and it's obvious that he's like trying to hide something or he's being already defensive and it's like about what or just making like a really really bad joke yeah and i was and he's like oh i'll tell you later and i was like you're going to dv class aren't you and he's like yeah i'm like oh yay um i did my internship at this one place that shall not be named for domestic violence Mm -hmm. and he said oh yeah that's where i'm going oh good (laughs) excellent (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh directly into the microphone because Please my laugh... do laugh into the microphone <laughs> Do everything into the microphone, Sophie Oh, Jesus Christ I need your, oh. I need your cackle accurately recorded already written off I was like you know um because if he's already if he's made it to dv classes <laughs> like there is a pattern Ooh, going yeah. on you yeah. know like there's something serious went down you know mm-hmm. it, he he is not no innocent and they will oftentimes try to present themselves as being they will do what's called uh what is it called? Oh, my God. It's it's basically, it's appearance management, mm-hmm. right? Where they will try to manage what they look like because they're so ashamed and it's, and they're also in such denial about being abusive. Yes. Partners. I've encountered that, all of this behavior in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's called, oh, it's called impression management. Yes where they try to manage your impression of them because they get, they know, like, if I tell you the truth, you're going to dip out. Right. Yeah. And so they just fucking lie to your face. Well, and also, you know, whatever incident occurred that got them into domestic violence class or, you know, whatever the fuck, it's never their fault. Oh no. They were defending themselves. Right. They're the victim. (laughs) Yeah. Just like every criminal in prison is innocent. That's cute. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a fact. That's how it goes, dude. And, oh, by um, the way, we're not laughing at domestic violence. No. We would never laugh at domestic violence. We're laughing at the bullshit lies that abusers tell to try to get themselves out of trouble. Yeah. Just to clarify, listeners. Facts. 
Thank you. Thank you, Heather. That's an important point to make. Yes. Because it is a serious matter. It is no joke. There it's are, deadly serious. Yeah. There's yeah. There's millions of women who, who have been, and children, who have been murdered yep. because of domestic violence and because people do not know how to treat it properly or deal with it properly. And the victim is often blamed yep. for their situation. Um, you know, it's like, anyways. Also, if you find yourself in an abusive or dangerous or toxic relationship, um, please leave. And if you can't leave, please reach out for help. And we can even post resources for that. It's very uh, serious. Absolutely. Yeah, there actually is a wonderful, if you are in the Portland Oregon area, um, or at least Multnomah County area, which is the, sort of the area we're from or surrounding. Um, you're always welcome to contact the Victims Assistance Program at 503-988-3222. And that's for Multnomah County. And then there's also um, the Oregon State Police Sex Offender Information. I've got the Crime Victim Services Division. Yeah, I've got like a ton of resources that we can post if you if you know yeah we probably should just in case um yes and we will okay yeah continue your story about this dude arino yeah it's it's you know he oh my god he was a piece of work um so yeah this is great because yeah as you will know because i did my internship there um I've got a year of experience, over a year of experience in being trained to do, not only, you know, create and inter, do interventions for it, perform interventions, whatever you want to call it, um, and also how to spot the bullshit. Yeah. You know, how, how to see through the screen of lies, how to see through you know, this impression management that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was like, okay, well, this, I, I just told him straight off. I said, well, this is pretty much a deal breaker for me, but I'm willing to hear you out. Let's talk on the phone later. Um, and so we got on the phone and like, well, actually, let me, let me, I did, let me go back just a second. So okay. when he first was texting me about it and saying, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a SO, I'm not a sex offender. I was like, oh, really? You know, and found out where he's going. And then he says to me, it's not because I put my hands on a woman or because I abused a woman. And you can judge me if you want. Oh, yeah, you can judge me if you like, want. You can be mad if you want. Baby, baby. I know, Fuck right? Fuck yeah. you. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because you and I have both been through it. You, you and I have both been through it. That's why we're laughing. That's why the mm -hmm. irony and like, just like, 
you know, being on the other side of it and seeing, you know, the this kind of bullshit cracks us up. Yeah. Because it's just like you can't help but laugh at it because it's they're so they're just so ludicrous. Right. So what does he say put him in domestic violence class? Um he said he was on drugs at the time and he doesn't remember. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god, he is like textbook abuser. Yeah. I know. And so then and then later on he starts giving me even more. It starts slipping out a little bit. He starts talking to me about how actually there was a, fist, a physical altercation. Okay. And I and so I was like, oh, so you do know more about what happened. Right, you do remember. I, but Oh, so you do remember what happened. And he was like, well, it was so traumatizing for me. I just tune it out and da 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 like he got super defensive and was basically saying that it traumatized him and he doesn't want to talk about it and blah 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 and it's like he made it seem like I didn't have a right to know what happened Ooh, um good. and put it back on me of course how old and is I this was, guy uh he's 38 Jesus okay yeah I know, very mature. And so I was like, I was like, oh, really? So you do know what happened. And so, yeah, he tried to basically say that it was, oh, it was so traumatizing for me. I did da 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 And it's like, well, you keep, number one, he keeps changing his story. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, he's straight out the gate super defensive. Otherwise, he, without me even saying anything, he wouldn't be coming right out the gate saying, you can judge me if you want. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just the fact that he kept saying that he felt judged, that I was judging him. And <laughs> that's da, da, right. Da. We are judging you. That's yeah, 100% that, and correct. I, and I said, no, I'm, this isn't judgment. This is discernment. Um, I would consider this discernment. I said, I'm a domestic violence survivor. And so sometimes it's hard to tell whether the the real abusers from the non-abusers. And so this just is a deal breaker for me. Um, and he said, well, it's a deal breaker for me that you would do this. Do what? Ask him questions <laughs> about his past. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or actually, no, he's taking back control by making it a deal breaker that it's a deal breaker for me. Well, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. You can't deal break me because I already deal broke you. That's exactly That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I know. And then he, uh, again, he who shall not be named, um, was talking about, uh, oh God, I can't remember what it was. So yes. He kept, he kept saying that, of course, he said that he didn't put hands on a woman. But then he tells, then he started to tell me more details about what got him there. And then he's saying that there was a physical altercation. So there's lie number 12 uh-huh. or whatever. We're up to, I don't know how many lies at this point. And then him continuing to do impression management and obfuscate and throw red herrings and blame shift. And then... Um, you know, basically try to avoid, uh, what's it called? Avoid accountability. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and what was funny too, is he even cited to me that one of the group facilitators or one of the staff members there had told him that it was okay to call it anger management rather than domestic violence. And I know for a fact that this staff member would never say that because that's DV 101 that anger and anger management is code word for I am an abusive a-hole. Yeah. That they're just, they're masking, again, it's more impression management. Right. They're, they're masking the fact that they're actually abusive and it's actually DV with, oh, I just have an anger problem. I'm just, I just get angry and I can't control myself. Mm-hmm. As if they're, again, not to blame for what they're doing because they don't have control over their anger. Oh. And that's not what it is. That's, and I, so I know for a fact that's lie number mil, million and a half. There's no way that, that she, that this staff member said that. Yeah. Because that's what I was taught from the gate was they will try to call it anger, but no, it's abuse. Right. Anger is a normal human emotion. Right. That everybody experiences at one time or another. Right. And, uh, yeah, some people have a really hard time controlling it and managing it. But that's not the same thing as being abusive because not all abuse is violent. Exactly. Most of the time, I learned, most of the time, abuse can be predominantly from from the abusive partner can be predominantly psychological and verbal. Yes. The the majority of abusive partners are psychologically and verbally abusive. And then um, a lot of times it'll be um, financial abuse as well, which isn't something that they will tell you about. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they can't handle if you have differences of opinion or or your own opinion about things, they can't stand having any, um, you know, basically they, they will try their best because it's, it's a me versus you mentality. They have a pro abuse belief system, Mm -hmm. um, that justifies and makes it okay for them to be abusive to their partners and or children and, or, you know, whoever they're being abusive towards. Yeah. Whoever their victim is. Yeah. And so, and they will justify it all the way, you know, and that's, they they will just keep justifying it. And the sad part is a lot of times our culture just like co-signs it, you Mm -hmm. know, because of the victim blaming. Um, Again, because, you know, the person that won't take accountability or responsibility for their behavior so therefore, it gets shifted to the survivor or the victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's, you know, I was in a situation not too long ago where a person started behaving in an abusive way towards me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't like this. This isn't okay. And that person, like, blamed me. Yep. For being hurt. 
Yep. And then you're too sensitive or whatever. I'm too sensitive. I took it the wrong way. I misunderstood. Um, you know, like ref the the person refused to take any accountability for their actions or for anything. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, and they will oftentimes also refuse to apologize. Oh, yes. Yes, this person refused to apologize to the point where they, like, ghosted me for, like, a month. And then, oh, so quietly unfriended me on Facebook. Oh, my God. Instead of just being, like, an adult and saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know... It's not that hard of a thing to say. Yeah, that's like basic <sighs> repair. That's like repair a relationship 101. That's like be a person 101. That too. Yeah, but like, like, if you're going to ever have any type of relationship with a human being right. in this world, whether it's a part like romantic or friendship or whatever type of relationship, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Like, if you do something wrong, like we're yeah we're taught from like literally like toddlerhood yep to apologize for yeah. misbehavior and you know so i went from being like an important supposedly important person in their life to being nothing just because i said hey i don't like the way you're treating me right now you know which for these people for abusive people that's like the worst thing that you can say is hey i don't like this yeah, not to hold put them up accountable. With then all of a sudden, like, you're the villain. Yeah. And they are just, like, a misunderstood victim. Yep. So, anyway. Fuck that. <laughs> right <sighs> in the fucking mouth and ear hole, you bastards. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, I'm glad that you found that out about that guy, you know, pretty early, so that you could mm -hmm. just, like, get, just, ugh. Get rid of that. Absolutely. Yep. And, and it was a long series of people that kept showing up in my life that were, um, verbally and or psychologically ab abusive. Because mm -hmm. he, uh pretty sure he called me or oh I remember oh yeah he was cursing at me too and yelling oh, at me good. yeah and I was but I was proud of myself because I immediately just said please don't ever curse at me again mm -hmm. you can curse but you can't curse at me there's right. a difference there is a difference don't ever curse at me again and I said it exactly that firmly and that assertively and he actually apologized to me and was all like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he sounded pretty similar to that. Yeah. But, I bet. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, and so I was really proud of myself. I was, how I handled it was way differently than I would have handled it in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the, proud of you too. Thank you. Thank you. And um, he got, and the thing is, is, it was very tempting to do the knee-jerk reaction I normally would have, which is be to 
just hang up on him. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't, like, I'm not saying that hanging up on a, an abusive person is a bad idea. I think that's a great idea. You do what you got to do to protect yeah. and, and help yourself if you need to hang up or leave the situation, do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, whatever it feels safe and right to you in your gut instinct, you do that. Um, but for me, I actually remained on the phone. I kept my cool. I let him give his peace, but without arguing with him, mm-hmm. I just made it about myself despite his reactions being totally out of control. And then I let him get to the point where he was done with the conversation. And then we ended the conversation. And before we ended the conversation, I said, well, I wish you well and take care. And I just made it, I just reiterated that it was a deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. And, and we hung up. Where did you meet this guy? On Bumble. Oh, God. I know, which is sad because <sighs> Bumble's supposed to be kind of like a safe, empowering place. But yeah. whatever, you know. I mean. There's always going to be some douches that sneak yeah, in. They, they can't they regulate slip that. through the cracks. Exactly. But, yeah. <sighs> so, And then there was one before that, and he was even worse. And then I was like, okay, what is the universe showing me? Why Am I either attracted to or attracting? Because this is uncanny. Mm-hmm. It was starting to get get to the point where it was astronomically impossible for this many people for me to talk to, to just have hidden abusive agendas. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. And so I prayed about it, you know, in my own spiritual way and Mm -hmm. I thought about it and I realized the universe was trying to show me that the abuse is still continuing on in my adult life with a family member Mm. and it clicked and I was like oh shit and so I don't think that I'm going to talk to that family member you know, out of the blue and just like corner them and be like after an event hasn't happened in a, a little while. Cause it usually the average is it only happens like maybe once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to just all of a sudden like, you know, ask to have a, a appointment with them to talk about it. Yeah. Cause I don't think it'll impact them because they'll be it'll be out of the blue and they'll be like what why you know I think that this is a situation where it needs to have that emotional impact of being right after they've said or done something Mm -hmm. Um, or at least that's the feeling that I get because I know this person and I don't think that it would go over well or make sense it outside of the context of it happening so I think what I'm, so like basically that event I had with that abusive a-hole, I think taught me that I'm ready to stand up to this person as well in my life Oh, and to say something to them in the moment, to set a boundary up to and including walking and walking away. If I have to, mm-hmm. to take care of myself. Um, it's kind of because, exciting. 
It is. It is because it's like, oh, I just turned 40. Again, you know, it's it's actually our birthday week. I know. Yay, Yay happy <laughs> birthday to us. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I found out. I also share a birthday to the exact year and day with Henry Cavill. Oh. The Witcher, a.k.a. Witcher Superman hottie dude mm -hmm. with the very distinct jawline. Yes. He does have I a was good jawline. Fucking A. Yeah. I was mm. shocked. And then I also found out I share a birthday with Chris Brown, who is most likely been abusive to my dear Riri. I know. And so I don't want, so I'm not going to share a birthday with him. No, I've decided that no, that's, he, he, that's, not, that's cool. not, I don't care about that. I don't that. know who I share a birthday with. I'm going to Google it. Oh, tons of people. Mine, I also share a birthday with Soren Kierkegaard, oh. who is ar arguably the founder of existentialism or mm -hmm. existential philosophy. And that happens to be one of my favorite philosophies okay let's see celebrity birthdays let's okay wow a lot of people i've never heard of cool <laughs> cool there's no way these are celebrities <laughs> yeah because you know everyone Oh, I Tim mean, McGraw. <gasps> Not the same year, though. He's 56, but Tim McGraw. That's someone that's, I've heard of. That's cool. Oh, a lot of these people are like TikTok stars. That's why. Oh, yeah. I don't have TikTok. I'm too old. Wes Anderson, the director. <gasps> I love him. Um, what in the, who in the fuck are these? Oh, okay, I'm going to find a different website, because that one's just, like, hurting my brain. But, so far, we've got some good ones. Wes Anderson and Oh, here Tim we McGraw. go. Here we go. This is, this is more my style. Judy Collins. <laughs> 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 Rita Coolidge. Uh, and more people I've never heard of. Fuck. Who are these? Maybe I'm just not very cool and don't know anybody cool. Disagree. This one's... I disagree. Okay, well, I'll take Judy Collins and whoever else I said, Rita Coolidge and Tim McGraw. Fuck yeah. I accept those as my birthday buddies. Those are good ones. Yeah. <sighs> How was your birthday? Did you do anything cool? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, on my birthday itself, I went and got bubble tea with <gasps> my best friend. And I fucking love bubble tea. And I joked with her. I was like, I think we're going to have to create a bubble tea anonymous. Yeah. Because they're super addicting. They're I freaking so good. love them. Yeah. And then they're uh, so good, I went but like so unsettling. Oh, I know. 
And then um, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay. Love the soundtrack. I think it's funny. It's emotional. I, I cried and I laughed. I thought it was a good movie. I don't care what the other critics or complainers are saying about it. Sure. I liked it. You're your own person. You can like that's, what you want. That's right. I can come up with my own opinions. What? Mm-hmm. I know. It's daring. It is. It really, <laughs> it's a shocking thing to do, especially at your age. <laughs> now that you're 40. Yeah. You better calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's right. I should be trained even more in the ways of the sheeple. Yes. But no. And then, um, and then yesterday I stayed the night over at my sister's house and hung out with my niece and nephew and my nephew's significant other, my, my sister and brother-in-law. And we all watched my, my, I guess I would call her almost, almost like my niece-in-law because my nephew and her have been together for like eight years like they pretty much have talked that about can't marriage. be possible because your nephew is only like eight years old i know but he yeah i mean they were betrothed before he was born okay so. that makes sense then. how old is he really he is freaking 21 now no i know no i know i don't like it either but it's a fact we cannot avoid Ugh. I know. Um, yeah, so she, so she had never, so my nephew's girlfriend had never seen Jurassic Park. <gasps> the first one. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, no, mm -mm, we've got to fix that. It's so, we so watched, good. I know. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah, so we watched that first, and then she Dad. took off. What are you? What no, are you I'm doing? nothing. Okay. <laughs> Everything over here is falling apart, including my kneecap and my life. It's fine. Oh, I can't wait till we get to your part. Oh my god, we're gonna hear some. It's gonna be great. Uh, yep. Oh uh, yeah, we'll get to you here shortly. Oh. I'm almost done, actually. Okay. Um, and so. Yeah, and so then we rectified that situation. She liked it. And then um, I wanted to watch Nope by Jordan Peele. Because mm -hmm. I love sci-fi horror, and I hadn't, I still haven't seen Nope yet. Um, and then, but my sister and brother-in-law had already seen it, and I was like, oh, that doesn't make it very fun. And so... I chose instead some supernatural horror, which is my favorite, probably. Pretty close up there with with uh, sci-fi horror, and that is Annabelle. Ooh. From the Conjuring series. Yes. Um. So apparently, it you know, I don't think the movie we watched is actually that much of it is based in reality whatsoever, but. Um, but there is a real Annabelle doll. Doesn't look anything like the doll from The Conjuring or from Annabelle. Mm -hmm. Um, they, you know, created it to look the way it did because they wanted it to be creepy. 
and by God, did they do a good job. But the real doll is already creepy. Yeah, it's a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, maybe it's just not creepy in the way that modern audiences would respond to. Yeah, I think that could possibly be it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the real doll is in the uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren Artifact Museum, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's basically full of haunted objects, and including Annabelle. Yeah, and it's like in a glass case, so no and one gets, can touch it. Right, and yeah. it gets blessed twice a month by a priest. Um, just Thank the God. whole the whole uh artifact or the museum whatever you want to call it it's like an artifact um well it's just a haunted object place i can't remember what you call that yeah. but i think they whatever it is yeah the whatever Warren's the technical thing term is yeah um so yeah um so that was fun and i think and then everybody wussed out except for me and my sister because they're like, I can't handle dolls. I can't help handle creepy little girls. I'm like, okay, well, this is my jam. So you guys yeah. are welcome to. I mean, take I off. I was a creepy little girl. So I mean, same. I'm, I can hang. Yeah. Yeah. I was a creepy little girl and a creepy little doll. You were. <laughs> I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, my God. We should get creepy dolls made of each other. Mm. I would love that. With our own human hair attached to them. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Because then they'll Voodoo. definitely be haunted. Absolutely. Oh and then God. after we die, should we bequeath them to our aunts, our descendants? If we have any, or... Yes. I mean, they probably wouldn't be direct descendants. It would probably be to our nieces and nephews because you and I are probably never ever going to have kids that's but. right fuck that yeah um I would love more than anything I would be honored to have a haunted doll of you <laughs> <laughs> same yay okay that's a plan we're gonna do it okay yeah and we're gonna have to take a trip probably to as they call it down there Louisiana to get some real tips on, and we got to record it. Oh, yes. I think. That'll be We're a gonna special to... event. Yeah, we'll have to go down to New Orleans, Louisiana, and um, probably get some help from a hoodoo mm -hmm. or voodoo, however you pronounce it. It's probably correctly pronounced hoodoo. Uh, priestess uh -huh. or priest, whatever, to, to help us to create our our creepy dolls with our own hair on it. Yes. Just, if we ever have a falling out, please don't stick pins in mine, okay? I won't. Pro okay. I promise I wouldn't do that, do that to you either. I can't see that ever happening, though. No, seriously. My God. That's... that's after 30 years... That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. After 30 years, all of a sudden, you and I are just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine there would be much you could do that I would just be like, oh, I give up on Heather. I'm never going to talk to her again. I'll just wake you up know? one day, just like done with Sophie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm over it. It's cool. <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs>
This uh, relationship has run its course. It's fine. Yep. Yeah. We can keep doing the podcast though. Just okay, we won't be friends. All right, um, it's a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, <sighs> I, I I thought it was pretty hilarious that only my sister uh, had the guts to watch the movie with me. Um, my nephew started out trying to watch it, and then he flipped out and was like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I tried, and then he took off. I was like, okay, that's fair. And then my sister, I think, even might have kind of technically dipped out because... I towards the end of the film when it started to get real creepy with the demon and all the stuff, mm -hmm. I turned around to look at her and she's reading. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. <laughs> and I was just like, "What? Why?" You know. Uh, and so, I mean, I decided not to call her out on it, but I just assumed that maybe it was getting a little bit too intense for her, or maybe she's just like. I'm sticking it out for you, sis, and so I'm just going to, this isn't my favorite thing to do right now, so I'm just going to start reading. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to ask her why she did that, because maybe yeah, she didn't notice that I noticed, because we had, like, a separation between <laughs> us, like, she was on the other side of this fucking huge pile of pillows, oh, so. Oh, she was hiding. She kind of was, so she probably, I'm not sure if she even knew, but I'll, mm. I'll ask her. Hmm. <laughs> seems suspect but, to me but yeah i'm proud of myself and then also my new t-shirt i got that says i enjoy romantic walks through haunted houses oh my god that's amazing i know <sighs> that's it that's it for me i think okay there was probably more to add to the abusive douches uh yeah you know story that is even more hilarious but i'm just gonna you know, I don't, I think he's taken up more of my energy than he deserves. Yeah, just cleanse yourself of that. You got it out on the air, so just. Yeah, just, I'll take some laxatives. Yes, poop him out. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, how are you doing? Tell me how your birthday week was. Uh, What's going on? Birthday, What's the good? What's the bad? My birthday was excellent. Um, I worked all day. Um, I have a job, which has happened since last time we recorded. Um, I had the job last time, it just hadn't started yet, so, um, I was at work, and then after work, I went back to my little house, because I have to live up there, because it's so far away from everything. So I was up at my little house, and then my coworkers all came over. And they had, unbeknownst to me, they all made a card for me. And they all had signed it, and it was really beautiful and sweet. And they came over with the card and a little homemade muffin with a candle in it. And uh, they were all singing Happy Birthday, and we just, like, had a... A low-key birthday hang. Aww. And it was really wholesome and sweet and awesome. And um, one of the people drew a picture of me. And... Did know, the picture of you have a liquefied kneecap? No, because it was just like my like shoulders and up. Oh. 
I'll ask him, though. Like, can you draw a picture of my kneecap? What state is it in? You know, solid, <laughs> liquid gas. It's probably close <laughs> to being a gas at this point. Um, <laughs> so my birthday was, was good. Um, and uh, before that, though, I, you know, I went to Greece. And it was amazing. And I we went on a guided tour of the Acropolis. And... I just, there were so many cool things that happened and that I saw and I got a new tattoo and I met cool people and the, apparently Greek men really like me. Yes, queen. Yeah. Get it. And Get it. I was like, like seriously, I think that they find like their most beautiful men and put them in like service positions, like the, you know bellboys and waiters and stuff are like the most beautiful men I've ever seen in my entire life and um I believe it yeah and let's see what else happened I uh I rode a donkey <laughs> where to uh just up a bunch of really steep stairs that would have killed me if I had tried to go up them on foot I'd still be down in the old port of Santorini, which would be fine. That'd be a fine life, but, you know. Um, but, you know, it's like a 400-foot cliff or something that they built these, like, old, stupid stairs that are, like, weirdly steep. And they just, like, are these switchbacks up and, you know, back and forth up the cliff. And, um... And so you can ride a donkey, and so you don't have to walk. And, um... Did some of the members of your group walk? Walk it? Nobody walked up the stairs. Some of them walked down the stairs. Okay. But it was me and one other person who rode the donkeys, and then everybody else took the cable car. Oh! And I took the cable car down the stairs. Yeah. Well, down the cliff, not the stairs. But I took the donkey up. Um, but it was, like, kind of terrifying, um, and exhausting, because, like, it had been a really long time since I'd, like, ridden a horse or anything like that, and I forgot that it takes, like, your entire body, and, uh, so it was, I was, like, white-knuckling it on the back of this donkey, and, like, I, I wanted to, you know, like, take pictures or, like, make a video or something, but I could not, like, let my hands off of that saddle. I was, there was no way. Um, luckily, my friend who was with me, she was more comfortable, and so she took pictures. So, yes, listeners, there are pictures of me riding a donkey in Greece, and I can post some of those. They're pretty amazing. Um... Yeah, and I had, like, bruises all up and down my legs from riding the donkey. <laughs> it was pretty hardcore. Um, but I did it. And in that one day, like, because I went, like, just to get to the cable car, like, I almost died. Like, it was so, like, so many stairs just to get to the cable car. And then you go down the cable car. And then we went on a boat across the sea to a fucking volcano 
and then like the hike down the volcano and then went back on the boat and we went to a hot spring and then we went back to the the island and then took the donkey up and then from where the donkey lets you off you still have to go up like a million more stairs and it was it was hardcore oh my god and so this is where the knee situation started was in oh. santorini greece um because in that one day according to an app on my phone i went up and down the equivalent of 70 flights of stairs oh wow yeah yeah and my little kneecap was like nope why would you why would you do this um but I thought you took the donkey up. Well, yeah, but just the donkey doesn't go up all the stairs. Just most of them. Oh. There's probably still a good 150 stairs that you have to go up without Jesus. the donkey. Oh, wow. And they're not, you know, there's no, like, uh, flat, even surfaces in Greece. Like, anywhere. You know, everything is, like old and slightly like crooked and lumpy and you know you're walking on like cobblestones that like are hundreds and hundreds of years old sometimes and you know so it, it's very intense um but we Not did good for once Heather's we got niece. once we got to the very top we stopped and had ice cream so there you go. Just a reward for ourselves. Um, yeah, and then um, the other day, I was up at work. I work at Mount St. Helens, and uh, I was walking outside with a group of students, and um, there was like a step down that ended up being a bigger step than I thought it was going to be, and so I kind of fell and, like, landed really hard on my left leg, which is the one that already was, like, destabilized, and I sprained my knee, and now my knee is liquefied, and, um, so the other day, I, I went to urgent care, and the guy, the doctor, twisted my leg all around and pushed on it and stuff, and he doesn't think that it's broken at all. Um, and he gave me a brace, and it actually helps a lot, so. Okay, good. I think I'll survive, probably. Um, it just sucks, and, you know, I hate it. We're just gonna have to harvest some stem cells for you. Yes, please do. Stem cells. Please yeah. do, repair my kneecap. Okay. Um, so that happened... And really, I've just been working a lot, and my coworkers are amazing, and I get to live and work at Mount St. Helens, and that's like all I've ever wanted to do in my entire life. So, here we are. I'm doing it. Yep, it's it's your dream job. Yep. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, and, and dear listeners, please forgive us for multiple weeks of absence um you know it's not just uh you know the trip to greece which was well earned 
for Heather, but uh, she and I have been alternating being sick and then mm-hmm. getting starting her new job and everything, and then me having another thing go on. I mean, it was just like, you know, back to back to back. We were having issues. Yep. So hopefully, um, we're gonna get back into a flow, though. Absolutely. So. Yes, it's been a while since Heather and I checked in, so I apologize and don't apologize at the same time. I will never apologize. En- <laughs> for an entire hour of just being about us. I refuse to apologize even when I'm wrong because I'm an asshole. Oh, <laughs> uh, and just yeah, and kidding. no, I'm going to gonna blame shift i'm gonna put it back on you it was your fault that it happened yes it's definitely not my fault that anything ever happened ever yeah because it's your fault (sighs) and and it's a deal breaker that you would make this deal breaker you know what sophie you know what's a deal breaker (laughs) what you telling me that it's a deal breaker (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly how dare you yeah, how dare I have standards in something called self-respect? I have never Jesus done Christ. anything wrong in my entire life, and if I did, someone else made me do it, and they probably were lying about what I did. Yes. Exactly. I am the victim always. Yep. Bullshit. Oh god. Should we talk I about know. should we talk about ghost hunters? Um, yeah. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about? No. First, let's let's jump into this. Do you want to do the first case or the second case? Um, I'll do the second case. Okay. Um. So we're at season two, episode five, y'all. Season two, episode five. And the first case that Taps goes to is the Bradley Playhouse in Putnam, Connecticut. And uh, I didn't do like a history of the of the place. Did you get that? Did you do that? I did. So uh, Ransom Bradley is Ooh. the dude duder responsible for getting the play yeah his first name was ransom that's kind of hot i know isn't it uh ransom bradley was the creator and business owner he came up with the idea back in 1890 i think and bought the property 1892 um but it didn't get fully uh you know built and remodeled and finished until um 1905 i believe it's the construction started 1901 to 1905 uh when they completed the theater and the the theater was super bougie mm. um they literally in their history that i read about the place online on their web their official website said not a poor seat in the house wow I don't know if that means that they spared no expense and they made it gorgeous for everyone, or if that means that if you were poor, there's no way you were ever going to afford it. <laughs> Maybe both. I don't could know. Could have been. Could have been both. I don't know. 
but then in 1911, they did a fundraiser for building a firehouse, which is kind of hilarious. Mm. Um, not near, not nearly in the same place as the second uh, part of the, um, what do you call it? Um, session, um, episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, um, (laughs) words are hard. I know. I don't know why that was so hard. Anyways. So yeah. So in 1911, they raised enough money for a firehouse to be fully operational nearby. Um, and then in 1937, there was a fire, some sort of electronic or electrical, um, malfunction. And then they had apparently asbestos curtains that dropped and then put the fire out on the, um, on the stage. Cause that's where the, mainly where the fire was, Mm -hmm. but nobody died. All that happened was, you know, equipment and things were destroyed and damaged and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so nobody died that I could tell when I did the dig- digging of the history in the history of the playhouse or the theater. Um, but they have struggled with financial insecurities or in or issues over the years. Um there was no mention of any kind of haunting on their website that I could find. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Excellent. Okay, so let's see. Some of the claims for this place. Um, uh, People on the stage have seen a lady in a white gown up in the balcony, and they have given her the name Victoria. Um, there have been reports of, like, when people are on stage performing that they see a reflection, like, in the glass at the back of the theater, like, behind all the seats. They see someone, like, running behind them on stage. Um, they've seen a lady in a white dress in the mirror in the dressing room. I think that's it. Um... So, uh, let's see, Jason Grant, Brian Harnois, Steve, Donna, Jill, and Paula head over there. I have have to interrupt this for an important announcement. Yes. My neighbor is getting McDonald's delivered again from the block over. (laughs) I want McDonald's delivered. I know. Just, oh my god, it cracks me up. Like, literally, the McDonald's is, like, a block from here. You know what? So you gotta I do would, what you gotta do. I would do it. Like, when I was in Greece at the hotel, like, I would get um, room service, even though the restaurant was, like, across the hall. <laughs> yes! Because, like, sometimes you just don't want to go out in public, but you need to eat. So, right. bless their True. hearts, and that's why delivery exists. So people right. can get food delivered. $20, um, though, but okay. Well, yeah, what, extra. You know what? But, yeah. No, you're right. Who? Um, okay, so this is uh, the episode where a lot of the drama with Brian Harnois kind of comes to a head. And, uh, which is probably the most exciting part of the whole episode, honestly. 
Um, but basically, like, he's just on the phone constantly, and then, like, people call him out on it, like, hey, dude, you're on the phone when everybody else is working, and he's like, is that a problem? But then he tries to act like he's not on the phone when he's supposed to be working, but then, like, everybody else is setting up equipment, and he's on the phone. And it's with his girlfriend, and so earlier we were talking about, you know, abusive relationships and how they're not always, like, physically violent. There's a lot of different ways that a person can be abused or be abusive. And, um, you know, I don't know the whole story, obviously, about Brian Harnois and this girlfriend of his at the time, but the fact that he has to be on the phone with her constantly when he's on investigations because she's afraid that he's actually cheating on her is fucking toxic. Oh, yeah. Like... And they'd only been together for, like, two months or something, and he, like, like, on one, at some point later in the episode, they're, like, he was on the phone at one investigation for, like, three hours. And it's, like, if I had to do that with somebody, like, anybody, I don't care how long I'd known him, if it was two months or two years, and they were, like, I need to talk to you the whole time you're at work so I know you're not cheating on me. I'd be like, bye, fuck you. Absolutely. Like, everybody go to therapy, okay? Let's get some professional help about that weird fear and insecurity. Let's calm down. Um, yeah, but it's stop just... making other people responsible for your insecurities. Right, and, you know, like it fucks up the whole investigation and like everybody else has to do his job right. and <clears throat> you know so it's not just affecting him and her it's affecting like all these other people down the line right. and that's how abuse goes and so everybody let's just take a step back and look at our relationships and you know get rid of the ones that are toxic yeah, and Let's don't make do any, it. like, one of the loveliest excuses I hear from women I've talked to who are in abusive relationships that everybody is telling them to leave, Ugh. but the sex is good. You know what? Sex is good with a toy, too. Right. Like, go get a toy. Get, yep. you know, like, figure out how to use your hands properly, like... There's no sex that's worth it. No, absolutely not. Because yeah. I've, had, I've had amazing sex with terribly abusive people, and it's not worth it. Absolutely. Because you can have good sex with people who aren't, like, going to murder you someday. Yeah. Just saying. Um, <clears throat> only Toxic by Britney Spears. That's the only toxicity we're allowing in our lives that's yeah that's a oh god toxic by britney spears okay <sighs> anyway thank you thank you so yeah thank you thank britney um but there's <laughs> you know just all this drama about brian and um so the setup takes forever and jason's getting all pissed and everybody's frustrated and then finally it gets underway, and so they try to figure out to, like, if they're, if they can recreate the, like, the person running on stage reflected in the mirror, and they can't really get it to look right, so they don't know what could be causing that. 
Um, but, you know, theaters are places where there's, like, a lot of weird angles, there's a lot of glass, there's a lot of lights, a lot of movement. So, it's easy, I think, for your eyes to play tricks on you. But, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see. Um... And so they're just doing their stuff, EVPs, blah, blah, blah. Um, Donna talks about feeling a sadness or a heavy heart up in the balcony. But, you know, that you can't really, that's not evidence. No, that's, as the dear Jason Hawes says, can't base our investigation on a feeling. Exactly. I wrote that down, too. Um, Yay! And, uh, but it's, you know, it's something always, you know, you want to note, you know, to include in the personal anecdote file, but it's not evidence. And right. then they get, Steve gets like a big spike on the EMF, but it disappears really quick and doesn't reappear, so they can't figure out what caused it or where it came from. It's just another weird thing to put in the file. Um... And I love this one during the analysis because, like, Brian keeps showing Steve things and Steve is like, dust, dust. <laughs> I changed my mind. Bug. It's a bug. I changed dust. my mind. It's dust. <laughs> like, over and over. And Brian's like, you gotta give me something. And, uh, but really, it's all, it's all dust. Um. Right. And uh, then they go to the reveal, and they talk to Pat, the general manager, who says that she's never had an experience. She's never seen or felt anything. And, um, you know, and so they don't have any evidence. And so Jason, I think Jason says that, you know, that he doesn't, like, discredit that people have had these experiences. But, you know, they just didn't catch anything. So. Right. And, and that's the thing, is that people's experiences are valid and uh it doesn't mean that they didn't happen or that there isn't anything going on there just because an investigation team comes through and doesn't catch anything right it's and always something I'm, to remember absolutely and and that's why we do what we do is we want to destigmatize mental health and the paranormal because mm -hmm. so many people have suffered or struggled in this belief that they are all alone because nobody believes them or they're crazy or they're on drugs or alcohol or whatever, yeah. you know, just because it doesn't fit the skeptics or whoever they are, you know, however they identify doesn't fit their world view and or paradigm you know and, yeah. and that does not mean that the person doesn't have mental health stuff doesn't mean that the person isn't having experiences right you know? I mean you could have like a mental illness that involves hallucinations right and you could even be on drugs and yeah. you could still have a valid paranormal experience Absolutely. Like All of one those of my, things can be true at once. Right. I mean, I've had, I've had experiences where there was an animal present that was extremely reactive. And like, in my opinion, animals 
are way better at not lying <laughs> than yes. humans are. So it's like, you know, like, what? Uh, yeah. And then also, you know, I've had another experience. My UFO experience happened when I was with my best friend. I had a, I had a, a co-witness, yeah. if you will. Exactly. So even if, but even if you're alone, you know, don't let people tell you, you know, gaslight you and tell you that your reality isn't real, that this yeah. didn't happen to you. Who gets because... to decide what reality is anyway? Yeah, fuckers. Fuck riddle, riddle me that. <laughs> exactly. I love how you and I feel so strongly about it that we meet, like, both of us at the same time. You're saying fuck them and I'm saying fuckers. <laughs> I have very strong feelings. Well, so I don't, do I. I don't ever have small feelings or, you know, I only have big feelings about everything. So whatever. Yeah. I'm fine with it. No, it's great. It's what I love about you. Oh, thanks. I love you. Aw, I love you too. Yeah, no, I have, um, yeah, I have a lot of strong feelings and opinions about things. And, and that is because in my past... You know, I've had multiple people tell me, you know, that my experiences were invalid, that they were all in my head, that I was crazy, that I was, oh, you were on something, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know. Yeah, I've had I've had that experience way too many times and it made it made made me feel not only alone and isolated and crazy, but it made me feel like I couldn't really trust people to know all of me, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I couldn't trust to tell, like I was, it made me afraid to share parts of me with, with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's really tough. It is. And it sucks. And, you know, we shouldn't have to like break ourselves into bite-sized pieces so people can handle us. Right. Exactly. I mean, if they want us to do that, then guess what? They can fuck off. That's that's right. Yeah. They can they can eat a sleeping bag full of dicks and that's they can right. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> um so mm. yeah, I mean, just to add my two cents to, you know, part 1 or to the Bradley Playhouse. Um yes. You know, like, no evidence as usual with movie, th with any kind of theater for mm -hmm. some reason. I've noticed that with pretty much almost every Ghost Hunters episode that I have seen, mm -hmm. if they're at a movie theater or some sort of playhouse theater type, um, they never get any evidence. Yeah. Agreed. Can you answer this question do i sound clearer and louder with this or without it i don't notice a difference at all you don't no okay it's supposed to be so that people don't hear a yeah noise which sounds strangely like me pulling my head out of my ass <laughs> i don't notice you pop a lot of your peas though so i you know. Mm, yeah. If it's doing any good, I don't know. I, Whatever. I don't know. 
it's not doing bad, so it's fine. All right. Okay. okay. <sighs> All right. So, um, are you done with part one? Should I guess. On? Um, do you want to talk about the the part in the middle with Brian Harnois? Oh yeah. Do I want to add anything to it? Um, yeah, he really, he, he was very defensive and he did not take responsibility for his behavior very well at that point, at that moment. Yeah. And then like in the episode between the two cases, there's the part where Brian comes into the office to talk to Jason and Grant about basically like taking time off, like a leave of absence to deal with his relationship and it's like dude if you're picking a two month long toxic relationship over this you know job which isn't really a job they don't get paid for it but you know um that you've been with for years that is supposedly important to you like you really that should be like a big sign right you know like if you are giving up something that big in your life for this person who like doesn't even trust you to go do your job right you really need to reassess some shit um yeah especially with something that he's supposedly been so passionate about for so many years yeah and and so jason kind of lets him have it about all the lies and the bullshit and everything and he's just like But, I mean, he did kind of take responsibility a little bit when they confronted him on it. He, he did, did own it. He was like, I know, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he didn't try to deny it or anything. It was just like, you know, it's just sad. But he didn't But he didn't apologize either. No, he didn't. And it's, yeah, the whole thing is just weird. And he's lucky he didn't get fired, like, way earlier for his yeah. behavior. Exactly, and just the fact that they're still even willing to, like, give him another chance is pretty huge, so. Right. Anyway, so the next case that you're going to talk about is their first case without Brian. Yes, and then guess who becomes the new tech manager, everybody? Steve Gonzalves. Gonzalves. One of our favorites. Um... And so part two, you know, their second investigation of the episode, it's called Harris Firehouse. But if you actually look into it, that's not the accurate name for the place. It's actually Harris Fire Station. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like apparently. So I had to do some digging on this one because. Number one, I didn't know where it was located, where this Harris Fire Station is. Coventry, Rhode Island, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. So I found that out. I did some deeper digging and found, actually, this fire station is on the line of West Warwick, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. So it's literally on, like, half of the fire station is on Coventry and the other half is on West Warwick, Rhode Island. 
which I believe Warwick, Rhode Island is where TAPS has their headquarters. Yes. So maybe West Warwick must not be that far away. I don't know. But anyways. Well, nothing so, in Rhode Island is that far away from anything else in Rhode Island because it's that, tiny. It's literally two feet across. Yeah. Yeah. So it was built. The fire station was built in 1889 and uh, used to be a funeral parlor. Sorry, I had to pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> it was um, dramatic. Very. There was a pause, definitely. A pregnant at least. pause. Um, yes, I love pregnant pauses. Um, so, yeah, so it used to be a funeral parlor. Um, apparently in the... the activity that's been reported, it's been, there's been some noises heard some interesting electrical phenomena, um, you know, has happened. Um, I had to find out apparently in 2017, they put it up for, for sale. Hmm. I'm not sure why exactly, but, uh, for the history of paranormal activity there at the Harris fire station, apparitions have been reported on the stairwell near the entrance on the first floor. Disembodied voices have also been reported. Many of the staff report feelings of uneasiness and the sense that they are not alone inside the building, even when no one else is there. Um, according to one source, the haunting of the Harris Fire Station is well known to Coventry locals. Hmm. And I stole that from an article I found because they don't have an official website. Yeah. That I could find. And then, um, so basically, again, as we said, it was the first episode without Brian. And Steve is the tech manager. Steve does amazing. Um, Jay and Grant are super appreciative of him. They think he's doing a way better job. It's a great job going so much smoother right out the gate. Um, I think at one point they even staged an argument to, tr to like create some drama on the screen or something because they're like, dude, you can't just pull the van into the garage like this. You, the, the fire station, controls are right over there where they take the calls and blah 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 and they like start arguing and bickering and then the whole time Steve just looks into Jay's eyes and smiles at him. I think like the way that that always came across to me is that Jason was trying to to see like if how Steve would react and then Steve knew that he was bullshitting and wanted to see how long it would take him to you know to break out of that character. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it always came across to me, that it wasn't, like, so much a staged argument as it was, like, Jason kind of, like, pranking him almost. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't there. But that's how yeah. I always took it, because Steve is, like, from the beginning, he's obviously, like, whatever, dude. <laughs> You're so full of shit. And then finally, yeah. like, Jason eventually does break and laughs and... You know? Yeah. 
and they all have a good time Yay. without Brian, without poor, poor Brian who needs to sort his shit out, which yeah. I totally, I totally understand. I've been, I've been that person. I've been the weak link. I am um, that person. <laughs> stop it, Heather. <laughs> not true. It's not true. I've figured my shit out. You have. You you wish that you were that person. You are not that person. <laughs> I wish I was um, Brian Harnois. <laughs> well, me too, actually. I mean... I would have been very lucky. Blessed. Yes. Um, yeah. He's not a bad guy. No. He's just, you know, he's needing to sort through his shit. And I've been there. Yep. Anyways, and I've also been in abusive relationships or dark and or toxic relationships, whether... You know, mm-hmm. there's technically abuse going on in Brian's relationship at the time. We don't know. It's not. It's not any of my. I would say yes. You're you're like saying. I would I think say so. I would say that her behavior is definitely abusive. If yeah, you it, are like, I need you on the phone with me, even though you're at work, because I'm afraid that you're. You have to reassure me constantly that you're not cheating on me. Even though, like, you're on camera not cheating on me. Mm-hmm. That's abuse. What what type of abuse would you consider that? Emotional abuse. Emotional? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's arguable. I would, I would say it's extremely controlling. Well, control is abuse. Not, no, not necessarily. You can be controlling without being abusive. I don't know. If anyone tried to control my life in any way, I'd be like, don't fucking abuse me. Get out of here. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there. I mean, I can be a controlling person, but it, it depends on what it is. Like, if it's something that has to do with stuff that's really important to me or I'm very invested into it, well, I think are I you, can be controlling. But are you trying to control the situation or the other person's behavior? Probably I've been a little bit of both where I've tried to tell the person what to do or how to do it, right. you know, um, that doesn't mean that they are ordered to do it right. or that it's a, you know, my way or the highway kind of a thing. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, that for me, I differentiate, like, I believe you can be, you can be abusive and controlling at the same time because all types of abuse are, it is controlling, but in my in my belief system, not all t- not all controlling is abusive, sure. but all abuse is controlling. Sure, I see that. Anywho, so um, they couldn't, you know, throughout the the investigation. I think there were some, there were definitely some spikes on the e- on the EMF mm-hmm. detector. And uh, there was uh, also some, the surround sound system turned on by itself with the volume all the way up. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't necessarily debunk that exactly either. But what they did figure out was, and then there were these other walkie, I think, were they walkie talkies? No, they're they're personal alarms for the firefighters that... um, there's a piece that attaches to the fire truck, and then they, every single person has one on them. And so, if something happens to them in the fire, everybody else's alarms will go off so that they know they have to find that one person. Oh, okay, that something cool. happened to if that they get one separated. person. 
Yeah. Right. Or if they're, yeah, if they're like injured or something, just anything happens that is not right and they need help, like everybody's alarms will go off at the same time. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they were reporting, I don't know what you call those personal alarm doodads. They probably have a technical name for I think them. they just call them pass. Passes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Neat. So yeah. their passes uh, apparently were malfunctioning or not working properly either. And so TAPS could ascertain at least a little. Most likely what was going on was they all... Uh, a lot of these devices operate on the same bandwidth. And so as they're scanning through the band to search for a frequency to operate in or to work on, they are most likely could start interfering or fucking with each other. Mm-hmm. These types of electronics. And also they had a fire station uh, like a mile and a half away that, you know, who knows if they're rolling through town or if right. they're going by or something, or if it's within range that their equipment might fuck with their equipment. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they could, but they couldn't debunk the shadows that people were seeing. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing that they were like, couldn't really figure out because they didn't have the same issue that the playhouse did where there's a million mirrors reflecting right. and things like that going on. This is a fire station. They don't have that sort of, you know, fun mm-hmm. house effect going on. Mm-hmm. Except for, you know, if you want to think of a fun house with the, you know, maybe with their fire pole. That is fun. Yeah. That's a different kind of fun house. Yeah. That's True. like literal fun. Agreed. Have you ever gone down a fire pole? I think so once when I was a little girl. It hurts. It does. It it chafes on your chub. It, 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 yeah, it's really unpleasant. Yeah, you got to be making sure you're fully clothed if mm-hmm. you're going down that thing because, yeah, it'll rip your skin off. Yeah. <laughs> it's no it feels joke. Like. You just get <laughs> stuck. It's not fun. <sighs> Anyways, um, but... So in the end, they didn't get any evidence either. Um, but what to the TAPS is, you know, credit, they did explain to the staff or at least the, the leaders or managers and supervisors of the staff that there is nothing to fear. You know, there's nothing there that's going to hurt anyone. You know, it, if there is paranormal activity going on, that it's not going to be evil or harmful in any way mm-hmm. not into the level that it should be anything that you're worried about yeah and that if there is something where the a staff member which they're all volunteers and they want to keep their volunteers there because that's a big barrier to keeping things afloat mm-hmm. is if you got bear if you got volunteers too scared to volunteer their time because they're not getting paid what the fuck should why the fuck should they stay there You know what I mean? If that crap's happening. So they said, you know, if the volunteer staff ever feel like, you know, they're really freaked out or they don't understand uh, that they're welcome to call TAPS and that TAPS would come down there and explain everything to them and let them know what was going on and that it's okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's that. That's the end of uh, part two of it. Season two, episode five. Yeah. In Do the you books. have anything to add to, to my portion? Um, I don't think so. 
I mean, kind of uneventful. I mean, they did good, like, debunking attempts and, um, you know, again, it's just an episode where, like, there's not really any, like, evidence, which, as we've talked about before, like, it's important to include those episodes, because that's life. That's yeah. any kind of scientific investigation. Most of the time, you're not going to find anything. Nothing's going to happen, and then suddenly something happens, and then nothing will happen again. So, yeah, goes. like they did. Sorry, I interrupted. Did... No, you're fine. Um, I think there was they. I think like Steve and and Jay and Grant at different times did hear some sounds or something. Yeah. They did have some personal experiences. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like nothing happened at all, because they also had, like, EMF spikes and different things. It's just, you know, the kind of, like, wow evidence didn't yeah. really happen. You know, they didn't get an EVP. They didn't get anything on video. It's just, like, things happened they couldn't explain. Right. Yeah. So there we go. That's that. Um, okay. Do you want to... I think I should read this one first. Okay. Go for it. Because it's short, and then I think Tommy's is longer. Yeah. Let's so, do it. Okay. I'll read this. This is a, a story that uh, my friend Anne-Marie from Canada sent me. So I'll just read this. She says... So here's my story. I was staying in a bedroom in the basement at my dad's. I was all by myself. There's a coffee table by the bed with a lamp on it. The coffee table isn't too close to the bed, and the lamp is on the other side where I would have to get up to turn it off. So one night, I woke up feeling like there was a presence in my room, a family, and they showed up in my dreams, probably from, like, the 1900s, early 1900s. A man, woman, a daughter, and a son. They stood at the end of my bed looking so sad and reaching out to me. I woke up fast but felt a presence but ignored it. A few days later, I was in bed texting a friend, and I shit you not, that damn lamp which was plugged in and away from me flew off the table like someone was angry and pushed it. I was nowhere near it, and I don't go in that room anymore. Wow. Yeah. Scary shit. My favorite part is, I shit you not. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Anne-Marie, for that story. Yeah, thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah. Our first fan story. I know. Yay. You guys, you gotta, yeah, please send us your stories. We'd yep. be happy to read them. Or interview you, whatever. Yeah, you, whatever or, it is. Yeah, whatever you feel comfortable with. You tell us what to do. Yeah, and then also, of course, make sure that when you email us or you message us on Facebook that you let us know if you want us to keep you anonymous or if you want us to say your first name only or you don't care, what, whatever your yep. preference is. Yep, you let us know. Okay, so this story comes from, uh, actually, I we received it on your birthday. <gasps> um, so, 
this story came from Thomas Anderson and his little brother was also involved. This would have been back in the late 80s and 90s, I believe. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and start from the beginning. Um, He says, my dad died when I was seven years old. I was told he was mugged and they got him in the head with a crowbar. He died in the hospital after a week in a coma. My first experience with spirits or ghosts was a couple weeks or days after he died. I was riding my bike in front of our house and I saw a man leaning on the neighbor's truck and it looked like my dad. He smiled at me and nodded his head. I stopped in my tracks and got scared. But then as he nodded, I got the sense of everything is going to be okay. Then he vanished. I ran into the house to tell my mom I was a mixed up bag of emotions, happy, sad, scared, relieved. About two years later, my mom moved us, who is uh, his brother, Edwin, also known as Edwina, his sister and him. They all moved to Vancouver, Washington to live with and help. Um, their mom's dad, so their maternal grandfather, who was suffering from cancer. About a year or two after Grandpa died, um, he says, my mom told my brother and I about a little lady in a a white nightgown who would float down the hallway and stop in Mom's doorway and look at her. Sometimes the lady would be right next to Mom's face and Mom would wake up scared. This would happen so often that my mom started just telling the ghost, I am too tired. The little lady became pretty common to see at night for my brother and I as well. I remember one time coming home late from a party and seeing the lady at the end of the hallway. And I said, Mom, and the lady vanished. One morning while getting ready for school in the dining room, our ceiling fan, which was not on, I saw the chain lift up about an inch and then fall against the light, making a clinking sound. On another occasion, my brother and I were in the living room watching TV and our sister was in the kitchen doing something. When all of a sudden we heard an empty an empty Pepsi can slide across the kitchen cupboard and drop on the counter and fall to the ground. My sister came running in the living room saying she saw it rise up off the counter and slide across the cupboard. The room my brother and I shared in was the old master bedroom that our grandpa had up until we took him to the hospital. We slept with the door open for the most part. As we got older, we started closing it. The ghost did not like that. There was more than a few times that the door would shake and rattle and you could hear someone or something trying to wiggle the doorknob. One of us would go open it and there would be no one there and then the noise would stop. I would say that the little lady in the white dress was my grandpa's wife or mom's stepmom. This old lady was super short and not very nice to my mom. After a couple of years, all the occurrences stopped. I'm not sure if my mom continued to see the little lady, but the other things stopped. 
My mom has since sold the house due to all the kids moving out. That's my family's experience with ghosts. Sorry, I am not a writer. Hope it's readable and you can use it if you want. Tom Anderson. Tom, that was excellent. Agreed. Very, very well done. And creepy. Some creepy shit going on in that house. Absolutely. And I think that he's probably right about um, the ghosts not liking that they're shutting the door. Mm-hmm. At first, I was kind of like, well, how would they know that? What do you What do you think about that? Do you think that ghosts could get upset about you changing something in the environment or closing the door? I think that they could, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, just any any change in the environment, you know, like there's a lot of uh, um what am I trying to say? A lot of people think that, you know, if you start to like um like renovate a house, it can stir up activity. You know, even like I've heard stories on about like people like painting the walls and shit stirs up so I mean who knows if they would get mad about a door closing right if it's always open and then suddenly it's closed like what the fuck is this (laughs) yeah I mean they were rattling the door trying to open it clearly they were trying to get it see inside yeah or something see what what was going on in there and then um the the white lady that's such a common thing Mm -hmm. um that people report is a lady in white Mm -hmm. you know like in a white it looks like she's wearing a white nightgown or something like that for Mm -hmm. some reason it's a very common uh report um and i was watching uh, Amy Bruni's show the other day. Oh. Um, Kindred Spirits. And yes. she she theorized that it's not uh, that they're wearing white. It's that they're appearing like they're wearing white because it's a white mist type of apparition. Right. You know, like, like, a, like she equated it to like a shadow person. Mm-hmm being black this is just a different version of the same kind of it's like a shadow person but white mm-hmm. basically yeah and i was like oh that, that makes actually sense. kind of makes sense yeah because i mean why why would every ghost be wearing white you know right right yeah so it's not that they're wearing white it's that you see you only see them as white and I feel bad that it was, you know, their step-grandma or, like, their mom's stepmom rather than the grandpa, who apparently, I don't know, maybe he was not very nice, but this lady didn't sound very nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel bad that they had to deal with that, especially that their mom had to deal with that if she if she did, you know, suffer from that. And, and I think that's an interesting 
you know, defense mechanism. I'm just too tired to deal with your fucking ghost bullshit right now. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like, I'm too tired. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you, lady. Yeah. You know, if you're tired of it, good. Yeah. You know, it's probably her tell. I mean, that's probably the truth. Yeah. You know what? I'm tired of dealing with your shit right now. I don't want to deal with it. I'm too tired. (sighs) Go away. I'm, I'm tired of everybody's shit right now. You know. Even I don't though like really in my life right now, there isn't a lot of shit to deal with. Which is nice. Right. You know, it's just my stupid liquefied kneecap. Yeah. And, um. What did know. they say really happened to it? Oh, the doctor thinks that it's just like a really bad sprain. Which is just like a stretched out or possibly torn ligament. Okay. Um, so, you know, it'll heal on its own, and, uh, I just have to, you know, not go up and down 70 flights of stairs on a Greek island anytime in the near future. Yeah, but if it's a torn ACL or a torn, like, a major ligament, that's yeah. not going to heal on its own, Well, I don't no, think. but if it doesn't get better in a certain amount of time, I have to get more... I have to, like, get an MRI and stuff. Okay. Yeah, there's a whole a whole thing, whole process. Um, okay, just but checking. It's, but it's already starting to get better. So okay. I don't think that yeah. it is anything serious. Like, as soon as I got the brace put on, I was like, oh, I can walk. This right. is amazing. Look at me go. Um, yeah. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to live. Um... I, I like... wonder what it was that happened that made all of the made the haunting go away for them, though. Like, uh-huh. why all of a sudden after a couple of years, thing it it just all stopped? Is it because? Oh, but he says I'm not sure if my mom continued to see. Okay. Yeah. So they maybe just, they moved because... out. Right. That's probably what it is. Yeah, and then they sold the house. So who knows what's going on there now? Right. Yeah, so it sounds like they were having poltergeist-like type activity and um, I mean, I don't think that they were having residual haunting. I'm not sure if that... Yeah, I don't know. It'd be hard to say without being there. Yeah, or without knowing the full history of the place or whatever. But yeah. either way, it's a good, it's a good story. Hell thanks, yeah, it Tom, is. Thanks, and thanks, Anne-Marie, for writing to us. And thank you, Edwina. Yes. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, and remember our Gmail is Hofi, that's H-O-P as in Paul, H-I-E. As an echo, 70362 at gmail.com. Yes, and you can find us on Facebook. Just look for Where's My Flashlight, a paranormal podcast. And um, you can message us there or email us. Either way, it's fine. We're going to expand our social media presence, hopefully, in the near future. That's on our list of goals. 
Absolutely. Because we still haven't made our vision boards. <laughs> yeah, and we still haven't become cold readers. It's it's coming. Don't worry. It's but coming. It'll, um, it'll happen. Yeah, so... Um, I can't wait to debunk people like... Uh, what's her name? Russo? Oh, yeah. The Long yeah. Island Medium? Ugh. Yeah. I would love... To debunk me some fake psychics. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that there are true psychics out there. I believe that there are real psychics out there. Mm -hmm. But there are also some charlatans out there that I frankly think need to be debunked. They yep. need to be defrauded and gotten rid of. Yep, I agree. Agreed. Because it is not okay to make money off of people's misery like that. It's nope. just not okay. Nope. Terrible. If you're, if you're not a real psychic, just admit it. It's okay. It's okay. Yep. You know, if you're, or if you're a bad psychic, you just don't have enough juice. You don't, <laughs> you know, have enough power. Just, it's okay. Just admit it and uh, go back to being a machine operator or whatever. You're a human being. It's okay yeah. to not be perfect all the time. Right. God. Or just or just admit it. Like, oh, I can't get a reading on you for some reason. Maybe you need to see yeah, somebody else. Yeah, don't just make shit up. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're going to do to make a million dollars. So let's not, <clears throat> let's not throw them all under the bus because thereby we will throw ourselves. Yeah, um, that would be hypocrisy. Yes. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, we have some cool interviews and stuff that are going to come up soon. Interesting things happening and hopefully more listener stories and cool stuff. So keep listening. Please be patient with us as we get our lives together and get on a schedule. And um, we're going to love you. We're going to miss you. I'm going to love and going to miss you. And yeah, and just a little note about our future. We're going to have another legit psychic mm -hmm. um come on and then we're gonna have um some more people with some personal experiences i know mine one of my guests will have some really interesting personal experiences to share um and i'm not sure about you heather do you have some people lined up that are personal experiences more i mean just what's to come um i have uh well, the, the psychic, um, mm -hmm. and then, um, possibly somebody who can do some cool, like, past life readings with us, and nice. some, um, like, astrology charts and stuff, so that'll be a lot of fun. Aw, I love that for us. Yeah. Oh my god, I love oh that for god. us. Uh, <laughs> I don't know either. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, I am love you. I am <laughs> my love you. Um, we're going to love you and we're going to miss you, everybody. Yeah, we're going to love you and we're going to miss you. Bye. Bye.